All right, welcome to another episode of the 28 to 3 podcast. I'm Maxim here with Nick. Corey's still MIA. We do expect him back in the next few days. So uh, for all you Corey fans out there, just hang tight for a few more days. He'll be back soon. But today's episode, we're going to go ahead and talk about the Falcons game on Sunday. Nick, give me some thoughts, man. What are you feeling? Um, I feel pretty good about it. Um, the defense against poor offenses has done pretty well. Um, not the same for good offenses we played. They've had no problem dicing us up. Um, we've been, you know, defending the run pretty well other than maybe the Rams game. But in all honesty, I thought the Rams would, would run it way better than they did, even though I think he ended up with 100 yards. But it wasn't explosive or, you know, it was more the amount of carries that, that got them where they were. Uh, held them to about four a carry, I believe, if I remember, um, Kyron Williams. Uh, they did a great job against the Bucks, and then the poor teams before it. So, I mean, I still think the formula is the same as when we talked about it a few weeks ago or a month ago in the Atlanta game. Since the Atlanta game, uh, did we lose the Lions right after? I think we've won four of six since then. Um, but the formula is the same. It's going to be about Algier, Bijan and even Cordero Patterson running the ball at us a ton. Um, we know Heineke, um, you put him in tight spots, he's going to throw you a couple, but he's also capable of... Well, he might know. not play. I know he's injured, and they're talking about we might see uh, Ritter. Ritter again? Yeah, he's going to be preparing Ritter just in case. I know that. It, what's his injury? I didn't even see that he was injured. I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I just know he, uh, he, he got injured at some point. Well, either way, it, better for us, Ritter, maybe. I mean, he runs it a little. Heineke doesn't. We have trouble with the, the running guys. But e- either way, Ritter or Heineke is going to throw you a couple balls that you need to, you need to pick. Yeah, um, they both suck, if we're being honest. Right, as passers, they're, they're, they're not very good. So this is all about stopping the run again. If you stop the run, um, uh, it looks like Heineke, um, everything he can to play. Ankle injury. Okay, so the last I saw, he was – gonna be the starter but um maybe that was updated what max saw that um maybe leaning to out but either way i don't think it matters much from the quarterback position there's not someone we fear there in either scenario it's about stopping Bijan from the big game he had a big two touchdown game against us last time we lost the game uh, i would expect the same if we allow him to go for 100 total yards and two touchdowns we're gonna lose the game um with that said i honestly believe we're the better team we're at home we hate them just like they hate us and we're not going to be you know too keen on losing getting swept by them um so i think i think we win um and i think we'll be able to throw the ball on them again i I think it could look similar to what we did with tampa throwing the ball these short uh, tight end if juan's playing like that can hurt atlanta for sure you know Caden Ellis isn't going to be able to guard him and that's who they're probably going to have you know chase him around the field for the most part um and then you know i would expect a bounce back from alave this this week too and you know he shouldn't have any trouble with that secondary either so i think this is probably a little bit leaning to a pass oriented approach on offense especially with ak maybe being out where you know we hope that's not the case but if he is it's definitely going to be a pass heavy approach um, and I think that feeds into their weakness. They're a really good defense. They're actually much better than last year. I think we talked about it before after we lost to them. 
They signed a whole bunch of people, drafted. They, they, they went all in on improving the defense, and they are much better. But, uh, you know, I feel like their weakness is their pass defense. So if we can protect Carr like we did last week, I think he can succeed. Um, I do expect it not to be high scoring. I expect it to be a close game. It's It always is. Um, but I like where we're at for the game. And, I, you know, I thought we would split with them before the season. I'm just going to stick with that. Let me ask you this. Are you worried at all about Jesse Bates? You know, maybe doing the wrong the wrong thing again and somehow picking <laughs> off Carr? You know. uh, I, I, I know. That was a funny quote and all that. Uh, but I understand what he's saying. Jesse Bates, That's why Jesse Bates is Jesse Bates. That's why right. I couldn't believe they let him go. He, he didn't make the wrong play. He did what Jesse Bates does. That's what the best ones do. They bait you into that, and they take it. Exactly. So it was a very poor way of him phrasing it. I, under, I think I understand what he was trying to say. Like, that safety's responsibility wasn't there. It wasn't, but that's what the great ones do. They cover, they see the things better than most of the league. He is one of the best in the league. He's an awesome player. And the car quote was just a really dumb way of phrasing what I think he was trying to say. It was yeah. a great play by Bates. It was. Yeah, and that was more t- towards the midpoint of the season, and I think that's when, you know, we everyone really got on Carr's ass after that. It was a streak of a few games in a row where he just seemed to say the wrong thing over and over again. It's like, just say, hey, I made a bad throw. Yeah. You know, a great player made a great play and be well, done and like with you it. said, uh, you know, after that, you know, in the review pod um, after that game, you said it. It was a poor throw anyway. It was a great play, yes, but yeah. it was still a poor throw. It wasn't going to be complete. It was a terrible throw by a car. No yeah. doubt about it. So just own that it was a bad throw. Exactly. Uh, and so him saying it that way. But at the end of the day, that was an incredible play by Bates because that was not his responsibility on the play. He read right. the play so quickly and got over and got it, but still it was a bad throw. So both can be possible. <laughs> exactly. I just think it's more the, the accountability aspect of it. Just say, hey, I fucked up. You know, it was a great play and be done with it. Just the fact that he seemed to be trying to pass the buck off. and I think once he saw that film, he probably felt like an idiot. I, think he I would think, hope so. I think he thought it was a better throw than it was because – the way, the way he talked was that Bates prevented it, and that wasn't the case. And when he saw how far behind he threw that and that it potentially could have been picked by a different player, he probably felt like an idiot <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> once he yeah. saw the film, once he saw the actual replay. Hopefully. Well, um, I mean, my thoughts on the game, I think offensively, it's going to be tough. If, if AK doesn't play, that's going to be really, really tough because that makes you pretty one-dimensional unless Jamal Williams just you know suddenly turns Kendra, into— maybe Kendra. Man, I would love to see Kendra Miller this week. I really, you know, I was excited about him coming into the season. I think he's probably the only running back on the roster who has any real juice. And, you know, that's something that we're desperately missing in our offense. You know, there's just nobody in our backfield who's who's a threat to break a long run. You know, you and I had a, a, a discussion via text message a few weeks ago about AK and his career long runs, and it's really not that many, you know, and it's even now – he just doesn't have the speed anymore. You know, he's, he's bulked up more. He's more of a powerful. He's still got that shake. I, I oh, just, he's got the shake. but He, he def- definitely does not have that, um, that big play explosion once he gets to the second level um, and to the edge. I think it's more evident at the, at the edge when yeah. we're trying to run outside with him. And there's no reason we need to run outside with him. We can play to what he still does very well. And between the tackles this year, uh, he's been quite good. I think it's when we're trying to get him in – going laterally that he doesn't quite have the same juice to get the corner it's it's one step away 
Um, but still a great player. And I think all that should mean is less lateral type of screens, more up in the, in the wheel routes and up the middle of the field, get him to the second level so he can beat that linebacker and turn these into 20 and 30 yard plays. We just don't see a lot of it the last few years with him for the for the explosive plays. Which, yeah, and look, if it's going to be a lateral play, it better be a pass. Like, you know, a nice little swing pass where you can kind of get him going with some momentum first and then throw it to him and, and let him see what he can do. But uh, we desperately – man, if Kendray, you know, and I, I, I have my doubts whether we'll see him this week or not, but he's the number one guy for me I want to see in, in the uh, preseason next year and in training camp because I want to see if we have anything with him because we desperately – needs somebody in the running back room who can break a long run. You know, right now, to me, Taysom's probably the biggest threat to, to bust a long run because he's got that uh, we don't, yeah. that acceleration. But I don't know, man. It, the running back room's looking rough. You know, this we talked about it before. You know, there's a very realistic scenario where this is Camara's last – or I'm sorry, 2024 is Camara's last season with the Saints just from the way his, his cap number is going to balloon up for the 2025 season. And you just simply can't keep a – 29, 30-year-old running back under that, that contract if he's not, you know, producing 20 touchdowns a year. So this yeah, he's a top-five paid running back. And yeah, and look, this is, this is realistically going to be his last season coming up, the 2024 season. It doesn't really make any sense to, to move on from him this year. I don't think there's any real draft pick compensation that we would get for him that would make it really worth it. Right, because of the money. Yeah, because of the money. You're going to take the hit no matter what. Um, so, you know, Saints fans, go ahead and enjoy – the next 16, 17, 18 games, whatever it ends up being with, uh, with AK, because this is probably the end of, uh, it's going to be the last, the last ride for probably the best running back in our team's history. What's the likelihood of him restructuring and taking less money over a couple years rather than you think there's, I mean, he's got us by the balls, obviously, if he wants to, but I'm sure he's going to be approached this offseason. I mean, this year, I guess you could say he has us by the balls because he's, you know, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. But after that, he really doesn't because he's going to get You mean after cut. 24. Right, but in 24, he's got us by the balls. Right. But you so just got to look at, does he want to stay? Does he want to go to a new team? You know, if, if he really likes it here, which all indications are that he does. Um, right, does he take like a three-year deal for whatever, six and a half million a year? Give him fifteen guaranteed, eighteen guaranteed, whatever. Um, do you, you know what's the, I, there's no way they're not approaching him. Oh, they're absolutely going to. And, and look, I think the first person that's going to get approached in the off season about renegotiating Damn. the contract is going to be Carr, because what they're going to do is they're going to go ahead and just you know they're going to uh, renegotiate it, which basically they're going to guarantee him more money and and um, inflate his long term cap figure while in the short term giving us more room to uh to operate with salary cap right, like cars sucks. that's a foregone conclusion that's gonna happen but I that think. sucks because it does it's suck. gonna restrict us from the freedom we have with that contract which i think was done very well but for everybody out there who think the cap doesn't matter this is the type of thing where the cap matters because we have to get under the cap we're gonna have to maneuver these big contracts and now we're going to sign up for longer term, Not probably not more money. It'll be more guaranteed money. It's just going to move it around. It's going to commit us to another year of car, though, probably, Yeah. after that. so it, It's going to make it basically the, the price that the Broncos are going to have to pay over two years for, for doing what they're doing to Russ. It's going to be the same situation for us if we decide to move on for him, from him after the 2024 season. Right. Well, right now, that's not the case. That's right. what it's going to exactly. turn into, which is why the cap does matter for all the Loomis lovers that always say he could. This is where it matters because 
and and I'm not a car hater. I'm just I'm just saying I don't want to commit to him to his third year as a Saint right now. I would rather see what happens next year, see what the roster build's going to look like to decide if you want to keep a 34 year old or reboot and go with someone younger and and try and you know start building your next you know winning team. Yeah, and and the argument becomes. You know, do you renegotiate the contracts of four or five guys like a like an AK, like a Michael Thomas, like an Andrews Pete, you know, people who have dead money that's coming up and are possibly free agents like Andrews Pete comes to mind first and foremost. But they can go ahead and renegotiate it, maybe add another year or two, keep him for another year and then spread that money out. So they could do it with those players. Yeah. Or do it with just car. And we're going to get in depth with this on the on the next episode um, on a special episode for this week. Um, we'll kind of go over that of, of what the trajectory looks like. You know, Max been looking at the cap a lot and, and how that translates going forward. So we're going to, we're going to do a little um, breakdown of that and, and, and some draft stuff too for uh, towards the end of the, you know, th- this week we'll release it this week and uh, we'll cover it in depth, but there's a lot of options and most of them are bad. <laughs> yeah. That's where we're at. Um, so what do you think though, outside of, um, you know, you said offense is going to be difficult, but how do you feel with our defense this week? You know, we saw a terrible performance in L.A., then a great performance in Tampa. You know, what do you, what do you think? I would say Atlanta is the worst of the three offenses in those three weeks. So, you know, how do you think that plays out? You know, I'm a lot more encouraged after watching them this week. Because we you we remember week three when Baker, you know, he was rushing and scrambling and getting yards. You know, the defense just looked lost. Um, this past week, though, the Saints defense was not having any of it. They just shut down the running game. It was like the Bucks were running into a brick wall over and over and over again. Um, I think they keep that momentum going. You know, with the Falcons, the biggest thing you've got to worry about with them is the running game. It's, it's, there's a basically a three-headed monster between Bijan, Algier, and Cordero Patterson. And then if uh, Ritter ends up playing, you got to worry about him, too, because he's got some speed. Um, I honestly would prefer to see Heineke at this point. I, don't, I, I just don't know if I trust our defense with the scrambling quarterback. And I'm not, not saying Ritter's – he fits this scrambling quarterback mold, but he has the capacity to – pop off a long run if he has a, an opening. And you, we saw it in the last game where he had a, um, a back-breaking run later in the game. So we need to stop the running game. We saw it in the last game. They pounded us in the fourth quarter. It was after the, uh, the Taysom Hill fumble when we were about to go in and score, and it looked like we were going to take control of the game at that point. They bounced back and fucking gashed us for basically 10 straight minutes. You know, the defense looked helpless. I honestly thought at that point that we we might have actually that was them quitting because they looked like they quit on that last drive. But the defense has obviously come together the last few weeks. Honestly, I think we win this game. You know, I said it a few weeks ago. I just I feel like we're going to make the playoffs somehow. Um, I'm not sure if it's winning the division. The Panthers look like a peewee football team at this point. You know, I can't imagine the Bucks are going to go lay an egg again against them, but it is a division game. Strange shit happens in division games. The, uh, the other scenario to me is, is almost more plausible. You know, we need the, uh, the Packers and the Seahawks to lose, and they both have games that are tough. Mm-hmm. So that's a, 
I mean, at Arizona, uh, who's you know, Arizona beat, just went to Philly and beat Philly there. They're at they're at home. You know, not a not a cross country or anything, but you're jumping a time zone. Uh, Seattle has not played great offensively. You know, that's going to be a real interesting game. I think that's a that's a tight game. I, I don't know. I didn't look at the lines. I, I would bet that's close to a pick em game. Yeah. Um, then the Bears have maybe been playing the best in that division outside of the Lions. I mean, they've, they've turned it around. They're up to seven wins out of nowhere. We saw them earlier in the year um, when Fields was hurt. You know, maybe we caught a break catching them then. Obviously, we did. But they've rebounded pretty well the last, you know, five, six weeks and are playing really, really well. That's a hard game for the Packers. Um, and it's a rivalry. So Plus, you don't know how the weather's going to be. Look, it was a snowstorm when uh, last week against the Falcons, the Bears, you know. And, and look, Justin Fields, man, he's he's playing for his job. I don't think he's going to be on the Bears next year, but he's playing for a he's contract. playing his ass off for that. a contract. So uh, from someone, someone's going to obviously he's going to have a chance to start somewhere. We don't know if it's going to be in Chicago or not. I would I would think they're going to want to reset and go with uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May or hell even Jaden Daniels. But I, Fields is playing his ass off. That's not a gimme. Yeah, um, you know I, I'm not a huge fan of his, um, but he has played much better. Um, I still think he's kind of an average passer of the ball, but his athleticism is off the charts. And, like, if it's a bad weather game, good luck trying yeah. to tackle that guy in bad weather. He, he's going to run it right at him. And I, if it is a snow game or something, I would I would lean towards Chicago winning that game. Um, Either way, it's going to be a competitive game. You know, it, it look, the pack, Jordan Love's had a good season. You know, he, he, he had a little rough stretch in the middle of the season, but he's bounced back, and he looks like a keeper at this point. You know, I don't know. I'm not going to say he's going to get to the levels of uh, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, but, you know, he's, yeah, you throws, throw, he's throwing 30 touchdowns this year, which is pretty which is damn good for a first-year starter. He's had he's had some awful games and then had some just off-the-charts games. So, I mean, he went through a run of, like, 14 straight touchdowns without an interception at some point during the year and then had, a, like you said, a big drought. Um, yeah. Uh, I doubt they fear that pass game. I think they, you know, the pack is, they're a run first team. They yeah. are. Um, so that's where Chicago will have to focus. But I agree with you. Division game, tight game. Anything then, can happen in those games. And then Arizona, Seattle's division game. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to have to win that game if I Seattle to, to, to get in. Yeah, Arizona, the, the coach, you know, he came from Philadelphia. Um, really good coach. He's got those guys motivated, man. They've been a tough out this whole year you know and now they have Kyler Murray back and he's he's doing his you know three-year-old toddler who just grabbed a toy and is running away from you sort of routine where he just is fucking running all over the place so that's a tough game man it's gonna be fun because I think they're both at three o'clock so you know I'll be at the game this week but uh after that I'll be racing home to get in front of the tv and kind of see what's going on with that especially if we if we have a chance you know to uh to make the playoffs at that point by winning so but I guess you want to talk about predictions? Yeah, we might as well. Um, well, let me – I got Corey's predictions. Corey is uh, – he's in Greece right okay. now. He's living a good life. Let's start with that. Yeah, we'll start off with him. He sent me the longest text message I've ever seen. So um, let's see what he says. I'm going to go ahead and read this so I don't, nothing gets lost in translation. So he says – all right, so he says, uh, fittingly, at the last game of the year, he has no fucking clue what to expect out of this team. 
Logically, I'd like to think that we take the momentum from a strong performance with everything on the line against a Falcons team that seems to have quit, and we drag them and win comfortably. But even if it's not a blowout, say 24-14, to 14, but in its Saints-Falcons line of thought, it won't be the above. Whether it's A, us missing opportunities, reverting back to our defense, letting them run the ball all over us, slash allow inopportune chunk plays, or B, us playing decent, but just simply letting them hang around, I think it's still going to be a close game. The scenario, he says, he forgets if it was me or Jono who said it, of us losing most of the game and the fire DA chance growing stronger and stronger in the dome, plus maybe us thinking we'll finally get rid of him, maybe, will come to full fruition only to see us heroically pull ahead at the end to win 21 to 20 as my score predicts whether that means the bucks lose to carolina or we get both teams we need to lose to get the wild card really can't say but it's going to be another chapter of a frustrating win regardless either way we get into the playoffs realizing it's definitely another year of da or win and still miss the playoffs knowing that da is likely the head coach again all right, that was a lot of rambling. I'm not. I know it's it's so, late at night over there, and he's, the he's end, had a couple of glasses of wine. Twenty-one twenty Saints. Twenty-one twenty. Twenty-one to twenty Saints. Did he give you an MVP? He did. Let me scroll through this uh, laundry list of texts. He says offensive MVP Chris Olave. Hundred and twelve receiving yards, one touchdown. Okay. Defensive MVP Paulson Adebo. Three pass breakups. One tackle for loss. Okay. Um, the one thing I'll I'll go next, and you can finish it out. Okay. Um, obviously, the one thing I think we both dispute there is Da is already the coach next year. Yeah. So. so and we'll excuse Corey. He's been in Europe, and he hasn't really been keeping <laughs> up with the latest. Uh, I think he's just holding reports. that hope, but that hope is dead, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't see. I, man, we could lose this game by twenty, and I don't think they're firing him at this point. Agree. I think he's here next year. So, um, but so what we I might as well say, make the best of it. Right. So these are always close games. So yeah. that it doesn't necessarily mean we made a mistake or anything. This is always a difficult game. It, even when we were dominating them, we had so I remember Drew throwing five picks in Atlanta when we were a far better team. I, like there were just these it just is what it is. That's it's a rivalry. It's going to be a tight game. We're, we're it's going to go to the fourth quarter almost certainly. And I think we pull it out as well. Um I'm going to call it 23-20. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's Carr again. Um, you took my pick. I was uh going to say the same thing. I I like Alave bouncing back because, you know, as much as I've been on him this year about some of his failed games, he usually bounces back with something, you know, pretty good. He's got a thousand yards this year, 20 yards last week. I expect. I expect more targets and more catches from him this week. But I do think it's, again, Jawan who could kill this team. I was going to say the same thing, yeah. Um, so I'm going to say they spread it between those two mainly. Um, and Carr goes about 240 yards, two touchdowns. Um, groupie kicks three field goals. Um, defensively, I'm going to go a little bit off the map, and I'm going to say it's Zach Bond. Ah, I like that. I like that. Um, they finally, we talked about this a month ago, and then we didn't do it in the Rams game. Makes no sense. And then he comes back this week, and every time he was on the edge, he was pressuring Baker. Got him once, I think. Yeah, and you know what? We got we got to we got to jab Corey a little bit on this one because uh, you and I, you know, we had the whole the infamous 
Caden Ellis discussion in one of our early episodes. And then um, you and I were both talking about how Zach Bond, I mean, he potentially could do the same damn thing. And Corey was talking about how Bond basically sucks. Caden Ellis is awesome. And now we're seeing when they play to his strengths that Zach Bond is an effective pass rusher and that honestly is a must-resign at this point. That spin move where he's, he, he got up field, spun inside, and just hit Baker – like, he's a true pass rusher. Mm-hmm. You can see it. He has the most pass rushing skills of anyone, including Cam. Cam is a, a far superior player over his career, but was never that true, you know, out-and-out pass rusher guy. He was he was just, you know. Well, Bond's 230 pounds soaking wet, so he's explosive. And right. obviously, you can't, you can't line him up at defensive end exclusively, but as a designated pass rusher. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. This yeah. is a third. He, he shouldn't, he probably shouldn't be on the field other than third down, in my opinion. Agree. He's a specialist. He's not going to be a Pro Bowl player, nothing like that. But rushing the passer, he's getting back there uh, regularly. Anytime they put his hand in the ground, he's getting back there. Dude, I'm telling you, with 17 games, like if they would use him the way we used him in the last few games. He should be an 8 to 10 sack. That's player. an 8 to 10 sack player, man. You know, and he, look, he doesn't, to your point, he doesn't need to play all three downs. Just bring him in as a third down pass rushing specialist and just turn him loose. Yep. So I'm going to say he gets a sack and, you know, um, and, and it's just disruptive, you know, like three pressures. I think he's just going to be disrupted this week and, and make the quarterback get rid of the ball on some of those third downs. I think they're going to give him the snaps and he gets to him once and he causes a couple other disruptive plays back there that, you know, makes good things happen either just shutting them down on third down causing an interception a fumble something um but i'm gonna go with him off off the radar a little bit because he's finally getting some playing time where i think he should have been the last three years yeah um all right well what i'm gonna do is i'm i'm deviating from from what i've been doing for the past seven weeks or so since it's obvious at this point that uh the whole fire da thing is is pretty much dead for a few months um the Saints are going to win this game. I'm going to say 17 to 14. I'm going to go ahead and say Cam Jordan, just with his hatred of the Falcons that he shares with all of us, he is going to just, there's going to be a fire lit under his ass. He is going to show us vintage Cam and get two sacks on Sunday. I just feel like he, he he's due. He really hasn't had much production at all in the uh, sack department this year but I feel like he's going to pull pull it out you know the sun is setting on a great career I think this is this is one of the bigger games probably one of the biggest games he's got got left in his career and I think he's going to finally come through show out have two sacks um, I'm tempted if Kendra Miller plays and AK doesn't I'm tempted to go with the surprise Kendra Miller MVP pick for offense. Um, obviously, we won't know anything till later in the week. So as of right now, I'm going to go ahead and say Carr is going to be the MVP. I think, uh, like Nick said, Carr and Juwan Johnson are both, I think, going to do real well again. Um, Juwan seemed to be find, finally finding his place, which it's kind of strange that it took this long for it to happen. But um, I feel like Juwan's going to have seven or eight catches. He'll be in that 80 to 85-yard range. I think Carr goes – you know, 250 and three touchdowns. Not three touchdowns. It'll be two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Um, so I think it's a 1A, 1B situation on offensive MVP. I know I went on a little tangent there talking about Kendra, but if Kendra does play, I see a world, I could see a world where he gets turned loose and we're all like, oh, 
this is what we have in him. But um, for now, we'll say Carr slash Juwan. And what was the score? 17-14. Groupie will hit a field goal. I think the whole, whole, you know, our trope of messing with Groupie and saying like, oh, hey, he's going to nail a 50-yarder, but then he's going to miss a 35-yarder in crunch time. I'm, I'm shelving that for right now. He's been pretty good the last few weeks. I think he'll, you know, his field goal will be 45 yards, something in that range. He'll nail it. Um, It'd be nice to see him hit a game winner because I don't think he has one. It would be. Um, like you said, though, I think as as Saints-Falcons games always are, it's going to be a close one. It's going to be – it's going to come down to the last few minutes. We'll all be scoreboard watching, seeing what's going on with Carolina and Tampa. I think it's – look, it's going to be a fun – it's going to be a fun Sunday, I think, one way or the other. You know, there, there's a chance. There's excitement. It's essentially a playoff game. Uh, so I think it's – look, it's all you can hope for this time of the year to be to be involved in the – in the postseason, so we have a chance at it. So let's see if they can close. But do you uh, you have any other thoughts on this before we nope. sign off? Just beat the Falcons. I don't care. Just beat them. Even exactly. If it's just just beat the Falcons. Da's here for another year. Let's make the best of it. Let's beat the Falcons. Let's go to the playoffs. Maybe we can steal one. You know, it looks like we would play the Eagles if we could somehow win a division that looks like it would be the first round matchup the eagles are playing like trash right now and they're very beatable would it be them that's what it was the other day it looked uh, like if you win the yeah could the cowboys if they all they have to do is win they win their division so the eagles are uh yeah you're right okay so i see um what's the other scenario cowboys i'd much rather play the eagles than the cowboys yeah i don't want to see any part of the cowboys <laughs> Um, I guess the only other – no one else can catch him. I get because the Rams can't catch him. Right. right? And they're, they're the six right now. They're pretty much locked in to the six spot. Well, they're locked in. I don't think they're locked into the six spot. I think they're locked in. Um, so, is there any scenario – Detroit's locked up the division, right? Yeah. Dallas and – so, it's going to be the loser of the division for Dallas and Eagles. Yeah. For sure, if we were to get in. Unless we get in a wild card spot, and then we would have to go to the winner of that. Oof. So, it's going to be one of those two teams regardless. So, it's going to be Eagles or Cowboys regardless. Well, let's just, we let's just say this. Let's just win this game, <laughs> and then we can get to the uh, the ramifications of it. But with that, I don't have anything else. Anything for you, Dad? Nope. That's a wrap. All right. Well, let's leave it with fuck the Falcons. What a comeback!